Hey, my name is Rob. I'm one of the pastors here at Bethel, and today we're going to continue a series that Pastor Tony kicked off for us last week. Pastor Tony did an amazing job last week when she talked about gifts and how when we see all the gifts at Christmas time, let it be a reminder of what Jesus has done for us, what God's doing for us in our lives. Any guesses what we're talking about today? Lights. I don't know how you figure that out. So what I want to talk about today is there's Christmas lights that we see all over the place, and I want to help give you some reminders that when you see those lights, let's turn it back and think about Jesus. And so what we're going to do is we're going to track what the Bible says about Jesus from early on until he's ascended into heaven and see how often the Bible uses the term light to help describe that. But before we get into that, anybody recognize this house? Whose house is it? And how many lights did he put up that he was all proud of? 25, oh, you guys are good. You guys watch that. Good. 25,000 lights. Here is the house that currently holds the world record for most Christmas lights on a residential house. They've held this record for several years. It's in Hudson Valley, New York. They just added 20,000 more lights to their display. They now have 720,000 lights, <clears throat> 40 miles of lights, eight miles of extension cords. I thought I had a lot of extension cords. And so, you know, here we are talking about lights. What's all this light stuff in Christmas? Listen, I want you to realize that it's all pointing back to Jesus, right? So let's see where that comes from. Let me start 700 years before Jesus is born. There's a prophet in the Old Testament. His name is Isaiah. Prophets were spokespeople for God. God would give them a message, and they would deliver that message. And I want you to pay attention to the words that Isaiah uses. They're not his words. They're God's words. So Isaiah says this about Jesus, who's going to be born 700 years later. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Four terms that he uses to describe Jesus, the light. First one, Wonderful Counselor means that he's the source of amazing wisdom. You know, we are better when we follow Jesus's plan for our lives. When Jesus calls us to follow him, when Jesus invites us to yoke up with him, when Jesus gives us instructions about life, we are wiser and better to follow his lead because what Isaiah is saying is he's the source of amazing wisdom. He's also described as mighty God. It's, it's literally referring to he's, he's a victorious warrior. He's a warrior fighting on your behalf, people. He's not just sitting blindly on the sidelines watching your life. He's fighting for you. So Jesus did not just show up here to provide salvation. Jesus is fighting for you. He's for you. You have to believe that. Jesus is for you. He's a mighty God, a victorious warrior. Everlasting Father refers to a king who would protect his people. He's your protection. He's not only watching over you as you live this life here, but he promises when you put your faith in him, he will protect you for all of eternity. That's what he came to do. And then Prince of Peace. I, I, I love this title. One of my favorite titles for Jesus, Prince of Peace. He's the one who brings eternal peace. We're not just talking about heaven. 
Eternal peace. You can have peace here, people. As messed up as the world is at times. Listen, I, I got to be honest with you. When you look around the world, there's a lot to say, whoa, it's a dark place, isn't it? Do you know Jesus wants us to have peace in the middle of all that? Because our peace is not found in politicians. It's not found in armies. It's not found in nations. It's not found in leaders. You know, where peace is found in Jesus Christ. And when you have peace that Jesus places in your heart and your mind, you can have the peace of God that passes all understanding. That's the source of peace. And that's what Jesus is described as. And so when you see the Christmas lights all around you, let it be a reminder to you of the wonderful person that he is, that he came to do so much, that he's for you, that he's giving you wisdom, that he's fighting for you, that he came to bring you peace. Now let's fast forward. Jesus is about to be born. John the Baptist is the, the person, or John the baptizer. He was the one who was going to prepare the way. He was going to tell everybody, hey, you're not waiting for Jesus anymore. Jesus is here, so get ready. So his, he's, he's in his mother's womb. I, I don't want to overcomplicate this. Zechariah is John the Baptist's dad. And when Mary finds out she's pregnant with Jesus... She goes to Elizabeth, who is John the Baptist's mother, about to be her, his mother. They're cousins, as best as we know, they're cousins. And so they're talking and they're celebrating that John the Baptist is about to be born, that Jesus is about to be born. They're celebrating all of that. And when all of that is going on, John the Baptist's dad is overwhelmed with all of this. And he's speaking to his son, who is John the Baptist, who's still in the womb. So he's basically pronouncing over John the Baptist, and watch what he says. You, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High, because you will prepare the way for the Lord. You will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins because of God's tender mercy. The morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness. See, from God's perspective, spiritually, we're sitting in darkness. And Jesus is that morning light, that, that fresh light from heaven. And he's going to shine on us. And the term that he uses, because of God's tender mercy, it literally means God's heartfelt compassion. When you see Christmas lights, let it be a reminder to you that God is not against you, that God doesn't hate you, that God's not angry at you. God has heartfelt compassion for you. He sees your struggles. He sees your trouble, and he has heartfelt compassion for you. That's what he has for you. Let the Christmas lights be a reminder of that. And then Jesus is born, and we're introduced to this guy, Simeon. Now, we don't know much of Simeon's life, but Simeon is very elderly. And somewhere in Simeon's life, God told him, you will not die until you see the Messiah. So Simeon's like, "Woo! when's that going to happen? So we don't know how old he is, but he knew if he waited at the temple, he would see the Messiah. Because when you're eight days old as a boy back in Jesus's world, a Jewish boy, you were presented to the temple at eight days of age. That was a formal presentation. You were circumcised then. And so Simeon would wait at the temple because he knew God's promise to him was, I will see with my own eyes the Messiah. I will not die before I see him. And so you can read this, and Simeon sees Jesus, 
and he takes Jesus into his arms as an eight-day-year-old baby. And this is what his prayer is because he's overwhelmed with joy. Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you've prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Listen, we see the wars raging. We see the protesters out there picking sides, who's right and who's wrong. And I got to tell you something, God loves the world. He wants all people to come to repentance. And so when you see the Christmas lights, let that be a reminder to you. God's out to reach the world. God's asking us to help him reach the world, which is why he says, stay away from division, choose unity. Why? He wants us to be the example. And so let that be a reminder to us when you see the Christmas lights that God is for the world. He wants to see the world saved, and he's asking us to be a part in that. The shepherds are part of the Christmas story that many are familiar with. And so the night that Jesus is born, they're in the fields, and it says that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. So the word light doesn't appear in this verse, but the word radiance refers to the sunbeams. When you see the sun in a bright, bright sky and you see like those rays of light coming down, that's what radiance is describing. And so it's saying that the radiance, the bright light of God's glory surrounded them. They were terrified because here they are in the middle of the night and all of a sudden it's bright as day. Now, I got to tell you something. If you were in the field and it was pitch dark and all of a sudden it's bright as noon, you'd get freaked out too, wouldn't you? Which is why the shepherds were freaked out, which is why the angel says to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior has been born today in Bethlehem. When you see Christmas lights this season, let it be a reminder that God's saying to you, don't be afraid. He's got you. He's got your situation. He knows what you're going through. He knows your pain. He knows your heartbreak. He knows your challenges. He knows everything that's ahead of you. And he's saying to you, don't be afraid. Because Jesus came to bring joy. Jesus came to show us that joy is possible in the middle of suffering, that joy is possible when things aren't going our way. Because joy is found in Jesus. That's where the peace comes from. That's where the joy comes from. And the same message that they gave to the angels is what he wants us to be reminded of when we see the Christmas lights. We don't have to fear this life. We don't have to fear what people can do to us. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? And we have that to hang on to. Let the Christmas lights be a reminder when you see that. The wise men are part of the Christmas story. And of all the different parts of this story, this might be my favorite. And Pastor Tony alluded to it last week in her teaching. And it's sometime after Jesus' birth. We don't know how long it is. It could be a couple of months. It could be a year. It could be a couple of years. We don't know. But sometime after Jesus is born, the Bible says that about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, 
and we've come to worship him. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. I don't know what the star looked like. It had to be pronounced enough and prominent enough that they realized it was something different. And the reason that I love this part of the story is that the wise men were not men who followed God, who worshiped God. Their religion was astrology. Their religion was following the stars. They believed that wisdom and guidance came from the stars, not from God. So they searched the stars for their guidance. And what's fascinating to me is God doesn't write them off and say, you guys are losers, you're looking in the wrong place. What he does is he uses something they worship, a star, to bring them to Jesus. How cool is that? How cool is it that God loves you so much that he's willing to do whatever it takes to bring you to Jesus? So whatever it is in life that you're worshiping, God's going to use that to bring you to Jesus. And he's going to show you that what you're putting your faith in doesn't add up, that there's an eternal hope in Jesus. And that star is a beautiful reminder. So as you're out and about this Christmas season and you see the stars that are on display, let it be a reminder to you, that's the passion God has for this world, that he wants to reach all people. Nobody is too far gone. Nobody's too far from God. Nobody's too weird for God. Nobody's too out of, you know, outer space crazy for God. He wants to reach the world. And so do not write anyone off. The neighbors that you're living near, the people you're going to spend time with this Christmas season, your family, your friends, your coworkers, the parties you're going to. It is so easy to say, oh, I got another party to go to. See it as an opportunity God's giving you to be the light, to take the light of Jesus to a dark place because no one is too far gone for God to reach. And then Jesus, throughout his teaching, refers to himself as the light. He says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus came to show us the way. The apostle Paul, 30 years after Jesus ascends into heaven, is still calling him the light right? For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. When you see Christmas lights this season, my prayer is that you hear those words. Live as people of light. Live as people of light. Hey, have you noticed there's a presidential election coming up next year? Are you aware of that? Have you heard all the rhetoric already? It's only going to get worse. Live as people of light, people. Don't get caught up in that. Our hope is not in politicians. Our hope is in Jesus. I'm not saying that you can't have it. I think this candidate's better. God bless you. But my hope is in Jesus Christ. I don't put my hope and my trust in a person. I put my hope and trust in Jesus Christ. So do not get caught up in a division. Do not get caught up in a name calling. Don't get caught up in, in, in writing people off who are going to vote different than you. Live as people of light. We are the light now. Jesus has ascended into heaven. He's put his light in us and he's saying, the world is dark. Be the light. Be the light. We can do that. 
And the Christmas lights that we see all around us should remind us of that. Because see, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. You can be the light. Not because you're good enough. You can be the light because Jesus put the light in you. And all he's asking you to do is to let it shine. And you can do that. Last verse. The Apostle John, about 60 years after Jesus ascended into heaven, is writing the Gospel of John in our Bibles. And in the first chapter, he refers to Jesus as the Word. And as you read through the first chapter, you begin to understand why he uses that phrase. But he says, the Word, Jesus, gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Sometimes the older you get, the darker you think the world's getting. Have you ever talked to an old-timer and they say, ooh, the world's such a scary place today. So much worse than it used to be when I was your age. Don't say that to young people. <laughs> I know what it's like. You look around, you see the news. It's scary. In the first service, I had Officer Rowe and his wife come up. Officer Rowe was one of the officers that was involved in that shooting at the Philadelphia Airport parking lot a couple months ago. His partner was killed. Officer Raul was injured. And I was watching them worship during the service. And I, I, I asked him, would it be okay if we prayed for you today? And you hear stories like that. These frontliners, police, fire, medics, military. Sometimes you can come away jaded. The world's dark. But the darkness can never extinguish the light. Yeah, I want to ask the tech team to help me out here. If you can dim the lights for me, please. See, when the lights are on and I put my light on, it doesn't look like much, right? It's just a light. But when the darkness is greater, what was dim all of a sudden becomes brighter. And see, when I, when I shine my light here in the front, I can actually see it illuminating the section. I can't see that in the daylight. And I want this to be a picture when you see Christmas lights this season. Remember, as dark as the world gets, it could never extinguish a light. You have a Pastor Rob, I'm all alone in my family. No one else is a follower of Jesus. I'm all alone at work. I work with terrible people. No darkness can extinguish the light. And the darker it is where you are, the brighter your opportunity to shine. And no darkness could put this light out. So when you see the Christmas lights, let it be a reminder to you, as the world seemingly gets darker, it's an opportunity for us as followers of Jesus Christ, the light, to shine bright. So don't get caught up in all the division. Don't get caught up in all the arguing. Don't get caught up in the name calling. Don't start separating yourself from different groups because they look different, they think different, they act different. Be the light. Love people. Seek peace, as Jesus said. And be the light. So it's pretty dark in here right now, right? So here's a question for you. I got one light up there. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. If you are willing this Christmas season to say, you know what? I think it's pretty dark in some ways, but count me in. I'm willing to be part of the solution. I'm willing to be the light. I encourage you to take your phone out and put your light on. 
and watch the difference it starts to make in a room. Can you imagine what happens when we as one church in the Philadelphia region say, we're going to be the light? The darkness starts to disappear, right? That's the deal. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, folks. Hey, let me, let me just finish with this. It's a picture of the Christmas tree that my wife and I put up. And I am very fortunate in my life. Not only have I married a brown-haired, brown-eyed angel, but we also have a brown-eyed, brown-haired angel as a tree topper. So I have two angels in my life, right? And so the reason I'm showing you this is, is this. If you haven't done so already, put up some lights. Put up some lights. Put them on your tree, put them around your house, put up a candle, put up an angel, put up a star. Don't put up a cowboy star, put up a Christmas star. All right? Don't go telling you, hey, Pastor Rob, told me to put a cowboy star. No, 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 no. Christmas star. But do it as a reminder. It's Jesus. I'm the light. Do it for your neighbors. We're the light. It's not just about decorating. It's about reminding yourself that Jesus is the light. He put his light in you. And now he's saying, you go be the light. And see the difference that we can do in the world when we do that. Deal? So, hey, let's stand, let's pray, and I will sing one more song. Father, thank you so much for the reminder today that you are the light, and you've placed your light in us, and you're asking us to shine. So help us as a church, Lord, not to get caught up in all of the, the stuff that's going on, the division, the hatred, the, the rivalries, the separation, the name-calling, destroying each other, all of that stuff, Lord. But let us be people of light who love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Let us be people of light who serve our neighbors, who serve those around us, God, who are people of peace, who in the midst of suffering choose joy because you make it possible. Help us to be the light as we interact with friends and neighbors and coworkers throughout this holiday season, God. And as we shine our light, may you use that light to draw more people to you. That's what it's all about. So thank you for the reminder today. And we pray all this and we agree with it and said, amen. Thank you.